You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Phil Williams here for Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right, like the man said. Hey, listen, uh, we've been having a great show so far. Good call with State Senator Arthur Orr earlier. And, uh, and we're, we've been talking about uh, the, the fact that mandates are popping out of the woodwork. I mean, they're, they're, they're everywhere. And, uh, and one of the things that I, I mentioned right before the break was um, – it's it's distressing when you see the double standard right now when it comes to um, freedom of access and ability to uh, to to move about uh, in what should be otherwise free aspects of society, and yet down on our southern border, the the freedom of movement is 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 just a, a totally different. It's flip flopped. It's people who are illegal immigrants who are coming here across the border. The border is virtually porous, and of the of the where are we like like 1.6 million so far this year or something that have crossed the border listen right now there's a report from the from the new york post i'm looking at it as i speak that says that roughly 30 percent of illegal immigrants housed in federal detention centers at the border by the way those are the ones who have been caught 30 percent of illegal immigrants housed in the federal detention centers have refused the coronavirus vaccine and there have been 20,000 coronavirus cases among those detained 20,000 Okay, so 20,000 cases among just those who have been caught. Now, I don't know what percentage that would be. I'm not doing the math that quick in my head, but the reality is it's not an overwhelming percentage in terms of the, 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 the 1 million or so. But what we're looking at here is there is still a significant number. But what ICE does not provide is the exact number who are turning down the shot, but 30% is their number that they're, they're using. But what ICE is also saying is they've distributed 9,500 additional doses of the uh, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine they've got and doing what they can. But yet just recently there was a, uh, a panel of doctors uh, reported by CNN that wrote to the Biden administration, urging it to do something more deliberative because they said it is obvious that the DHS does not have a comprehensive plan to address the spread of COVID in immigration detention facilities. Meaning here we are looking at U S citizens being treated third rate in some places Half of the U.S. Capitol is closed off, and you can be arrested for not just having a mask on. It doesn't matter what your vaccine status is at the Capitol. Just, you got to have a mask on, period. And then you go down to the border, and they can refuse the vaccine, and very often then soon thereafter be released into the general population and told to please come back one day for a, uh, an opportunity to have a hearing. And, and, and so what we're seeing here is, is the actual shaming of U.S. citizens into getting a shot that some have decided they want and some have decided for whatever their reasons, whether it be faith-based or whether it be uh, just a well-reasoned uh, refusal or whether it be skepticism or whether it be a distrust of their government, which is getting pretty reasonable or more reasonable. All I'm saying is we're looking at the fact that U.S. citizens are being shamed into what I called earlier a caste society. They're being shamed into being the untouchables in society for daring to not report their vaccine status or, for that matter, not getting a vaccine. And yet down on the border... Do you want it? No. Okay. Welcome to America. Uh, please come back for a hearing one day about your status. Sure, I'll do that as they walk into the country. Now, that, 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 that double standard right there is a part of what's infuriating so many people. So this, this term that we're hearing right now, vaccine hesitancy, 
Well, vaccine hesitancy just simply means people aren't sure they want it. And, and I don't know how else to explain it except to say shaming them is not the resource. It's not the, the, the more likely means by which you're going to encourage them to get it. Most people who are liberty-minded don't respond well to shame tactics. They just don't. And so I would, I would suggest that leadership needs to begin thinking of its messaging and finding a consistent means by which to move forward and apply this. I do appreciate the fact that the Ivy administration, while on the one hand it says um, that we should be blaming people who aren't vaccinated for deaths and destruction, at the same time, they are saying it is a personal choice. So we don't have statewide mask mandates, and we don't have statewide attempts to force vaccinations. And we do have Senate Bill 267, which we recovered quite well in the last segment. But listen, y'all, <laughs> there is so much more out there right now that is not being done consistently. And if you get on a plane and you go to another state, you may be treated entirely differently than you are here right now. So we have got to watch and we've got to keep our eyes open. And I'll say it again. I probably ought to say it twice an hour. Phil Williams, running right side radio here, is not anti-vaccine. Do not mind if you want to get the shot. Totally your choice. Not going to tell you whether I have. My decision, my wife's decision, what we do one way or the other. I am not denying COVID. I've had COVID. It was not fun. It's, it's real. But all that to say, if, if, if you want the shot, go get it. And if I want the shot, maybe I've already gotten it. Who knows? But what I'm telling you is I believe in liberty. And they cannot begin this shame system, this, this caste system, this, this creating the leper colony of the unvaccinated and denying access and freedoms of movement and denying the ability to have services provided and, and the rights to assemble, it, it's, it's, it's not going to work that way, not in a free and open society. That's, that's not who we are. Well, um, listen, I mean, I, I'm looking around right now. The pushback has already begun. Paper, copper, going through my research here, pulling it up. Yeah, uh, where'd that story go? Well, uh, one of the things that we're seeing the pushback on is, for instance, the Postal Workers Union, National Postal Workers Union, has bristled at the idea that they may have a COVID-19 vaccine mandate. And so the influential American Postal Workers Union on Wednesday, that's just what yesterday, Wednesday said, at this point, it is in opposition to a coronavirus vaccine mandate. These are federal employees. Keep in mind, the Biden administration just recently said that federal employees, of which Alabama has quite a few, the federal employees, there is a growing sentiment in the Biden administration that they may have to enact a, um, a, a national mandate for federal employees to get vaccinated. And the American Postal Workers Union is saying, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Sorry, not sorry. And so the APWU, the, the American Postal Workers Union leadership, um, is encouraging its people to get vaccinated, but is also saying it is not the role of the federal government to mandate those vaccinations for the employees they represent, period. Well, y'all, that's the beginnings of the pushback right there. I mean, the unions, for all their warts and blemishes, one thing they do have is the ability to speak as a block. And, and when they come out like that, and, and I'm, by the way, I'm not a big pro-union guy. Uh, I'm a right-to-work guy. Uh, I believe the teachers' union is antithetical to education. 
But but all said and done, one thing they do have is group voice. And when the when the postal workers union says, like I said earlier, hey fellas, get your shot. Ladies, get your shot if you want to. We get it. Go get your shot if you want to. Government, you can't make them get a shot. You just can't. Especially not for something that we're showing over and over again as a proven high rate of survivability, and very few people wind up in the hospital. This it's 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 the panic button we're seeing right now. The true panic button. That that people are just and, and leadership, by the way, leadership in a crisis is something that perhaps we ought to examine more on this show. If, if, I, had, if I had, you know, any one topic aside from, from liberty that I love to speak on and study and review, it's leadership. And, and, and truthfully, there are, there are three things, and, I, and maybe one day soon I'll do a, an entire, like, right-side way on this. But when I was a battalion commander, I, 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 I gave what was called my... Um, Commander's guidance, all right? So my command philosophy, my command guidance was published to my battalion and the leadership therein on day one. I took command. They handed me the guide on. I saluted the flag, and I went to my first meeting with my staff, and I passed out a written copy of my uh, command philosophy. And in there, I listed three things. I said, this unit has to have three things. We have to be proficient, effective, and cohesive. And that's absolutely a mandate. And the leaders must lead by example in doing that. If you're a leader who is panicking and running about like your hair's on fire and screaming that the sky is falling and we've got to have mask mandates and we're going to shut down half of the U.S. Capitol and we're not going to require immigrants who are coming across illegally in vast droves to, to get the shot, but we're going to make U.S. citizens feel shame for not getting the shot, you are not a leader, at least not in the positive sense. Proficient and effective and cohesive means that you can be absolutely proficient at your job. You can still be ineffective at it. So, you know, Mr. Biden administration, you might understand what it means to run a government and be completely inefficient in doing so. Part of that is something that sometimes almost can't be taught. You have to you have to have some aspects of leadership within you. And I'm not seeing it right now. Leadership is not mandate. Leadership is the ability, I've heard it defined this way, I had to write a paper on this once, leadership is the ability to encourage and exhort other people to do something they would not have otherwise done on their own volition. That's why there are certain people that when they stand up in the field of battle and they say, follow me, you will follow them to the gates of hell, but there are others who will say, uh, follow me, and no one wants to because they know they're going to get killed. So listen, leadership is huge. We're going to move towards a break here, and, uh, and i got to tell you, I, I, could, I could keep talking about this. I'm probably going to stick more with the leadership aspect of what it means to walk through this COVID crisis as a nation with what I consider to be mildly proficient and extremely ineffective leadership that is creating a lack of cohesion in the nation. It's something we've got to get through. And folks, leadership means everything. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM. We'll be right back after this.
News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. The news talk giant of North Alabama and proud to have the biggest show in news talk afternoons in North Alabama. Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, listen, right before the break, I was talking about the, uh, the fact that um, what we're not seeing right now, in my opinion, in terms of leadership. I mean, I'm looking around. I can find pockets of it. Uh, to me, Governor DeSantis is, is, is modeling what I would consider to be effective leadership in the midst of a crisis. Uh, I'm seeing that, uh, for the most part, from Governor Noem. Uh, I'm seeing it in a few other pockets here and there of people who are in a position of leadership, and they are exhibiting that. And I said earlier, right before the break, that in, in my opinion, that there, there are three things that, that encompass good leadership. And it's, it's that you have to require that your organization have proficiency, effectiveness, and cohesiveness. If you're not proficient, effective, and cohesive, you as an organization are not truly going to cut it. And, and, I, and I mentioned the fact that when I was a battalion commander, I had the opportunity to command the 1st of the 167th Infantry. And it was a great honor to have, that was a legacy unit, and it was a great honor to have the opportunity to be their battalion commander for, for about two and a half years. And, and, and in doing that, the day one, when I took command, literally completed the change of command ceremony where they passed the guide on with all of its battle streamers on it to me as the new commander. And I, and I took command and I went straight to a meeting with my senior staff and senior NCOs and I gave them a written copy of what is called my command philosophy. All right, this is something that, that, that is, is good practice. It's not like I made it up. Uh, your command philosophy as a commander is something that should be issued uh, intentionally. And I said in there, and, and I, I, just, I went ahead and pulled up a copy of it here on the computer right here in my studio studio. Uh, I'm going to read you a part of this because it applies to what we're seeing and not seeing in COVID world right now. I, I'm just going to read pieces of it. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's, about, it's, it's a full two pages long. I'm not going to do that to you. But, but I said in here, quote, I intend this philosophy to extend to all aspects of the life of our battalion. Combat readiness, soldier and family care, unit cohesion, esprit de corps, command and supply discipline, and leader development. I encompass all of the above in three key words, proficiency, effectiveness, and cohesiveness. As to proficiency, I said, every member of this unit should strive to become the most qualified and knowledgeable person at their particular assignment. It is common among the members of any battalion to have go-to individuals without whom the battalion cannot survive. It is far less common to have such a high level of overall proficiency that the organization itself becomes the go-to battalion. That is the goal. Proficiency, all right? Effectiveness, I said this. Proficiency and effectiveness are not the same thing. An individual can be both the most qualified and least effective member of any team. Effectiveness combines proficiency with work ethic and attitude. Do what is right because it is right. Do what is right in a timely manner. Train your subordinates to do the same thing. Take the skill sets you've been given and utilize them with a lean forward mentality. In everything you do, whether you're processing administrative work or qualifying with a weapon or maintaining a vehicle, I expect professional grade effort. And then lastly was this, cohesiveness. I said the quickest way to undo proficiency and effectiveness is for members of a team to act like a bunch of solo artists. This is the finest unit in the state and has a history that can hold its own with any army-wide. Remind your soldiers of the legacy they are a part of. Remind others outside of the unit who we are. Take care of your soldiers at all times and put them first on your agenda. Every single unit member should be proud to be in this battalion, in large part because they love those with whom they serve. We are the 4th Alabama, and we have a legacy to follow and a future to forward. To do so, we must be a team. So, folks, what I'm saying there by reading that is this. That was my command philosophy as a battalion commander in the Army. 
but it is not something that I extend just to those in uniform. It applies everywhere. And what we're seeing right now is that from the Biden administration all the way down to places like the Huntsville City School System, we may have some people that are somewhat, at least moderately or fairly proficient at what they do. They know how to hold their meetings. They know what the policies and procedures are. They know how to use Robert's Rules of Order to get things passed. And so maybe they've become proficient in that regard, but they are highly ineffective nonetheless. When you put a mask mandate in place and don't tell people when it's never going to expire, when you, when, you, when you tell them that two-year-olds have to wear a mask, but you don't tell them what's going to happen if the two-year-old refuses to wear his mask, when you, when you don't have a, a, a watermark or a metric by which to measure your success, when you, when you have half of the U.S. Capitol closed and the other half open, when you have literally one community that says we're going to do this and the other one's going to do that, when you have people like Birmingham Southern College that says we're going to charge you more for your education unless you provide proof of vaccination despite the fact that the law says they cannot mandate proof of vaccination, you are ineffective. You can be proficient and still be ineffective. And what happens in what we're seeing right now is a lack of cohesiveness nationwide. There is zero unity coming out of the Biden administration. All that crap he talked about from his basement during the, the, the campaign when he sat down in a hole somewhere talking very slowly into a camera with, with, a, with a, a prompter that he was going to build cohesiveness, it hasn't happened. If anything, he's divided the nation even further. And we're seeing it all the way down to the local level. Folks, we have got to require of our leaders that they follow for all three things, especially in a crisis. Proficiency, effectiveness, cohesiveness. We need all three. All right. News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM. We're going to come back with Copper's Corners in a minute. I'm looking forward to it. I know you are. We'll be right back on Right Side Radio after this.